0: You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.
1: Now we welcome in Matt Stitchcomb as we do every week here in the locker room. Every Thursday, you can check out Stinch here with us here in the locker room on the fan, 680-937-FM. Stinch, good morning. A big week. No matter who you are playing, no matter where they are ranked or not ranked, it is week two, and the coaches want to see better execution, and they look forward to seeing the biggest jump. They always talk about the biggest jump occurring between week one and week two. How real is that, and what does that mean for the Georgia Bulldogs in week two against Ball State?
2: Yeah, I guess it depends on how well you played in Week One. I mean, yeah. some, sometimes there's not a whole lot of room for improvement. Um, you think about Georgia a season ago versus Oregon. I don't know that it could, game could go any better than that. Kirby even talked about that uh, this week. Uh, that sometimes you just come out guns blazing, firing on all cylinders. There's all the other cliches and euphemisms, but if you don't play that great, or if you play a team. Where uh, you don't have to um, empty the playbook, play with quite the same edge. Perhaps it's it's impossible to uh, get up for some of these games. It just is. Uh, you got to go out there and you got to handle your business. And there's a reason why we use those types of phrases for games right. like the one that Georgia played last week. Is because it has to be business. It's it's a dispassionate op- opponent. I mean, you're just nobody gets wound up. You don't come to Georgia to play UT Martin. You come to Georgia to play, you know, the SEC schedule that they play, you know, to play the maybe the Oregon's in season openers or the Clemson's. You know, were it not for conference realignment, the Oklahomans. Right. But that's just not the case. And so because of that, yeah, you do see a difference week one to week two. I don't know that it's always improvement. I think part of it, part of it is – the way a lot of teams open their seasons are in scenarios where you're like, you know what, we don't, we don't really need to show that much. And therefore, you might lose a little bit of your focus. You certainly won't be as uh, progressive, I think, in some of the things you're doing from a game planning standpoint. And so it looks like, wow, this is this is a different team in the week, too. And sometimes it is. Sometimes you got a young team that needs to get more experience. I think what we have, you know, specific to Georgia and a lot of teams is – you got some new faces in key places and an opponent where, you know, you don't have to do as much. And so because of that uh, it might look a little bit, um, we'll call it, I don't know, lackluster, even though it was pretty special. When you take a look at how the, the productivity, but the Ohio States, so there's a lot of teams out there that opened up the season. It didn't look as crisp as maybe, folks would have anticipated. It's a function of all those variables.
1: A stench. It was 17, nothing at halftime. There was a couple of fans booing. Cause they don't know a heck of a lot better, <laughs> but there were some places that I thought Georgia could have a little bit of improvement. I didn't think the offensive line played particularly great in the first half, but they kind of picked it up in the second half. Is that one that Kirby's going to hammer home this week?
2: You gotta hammer it either way. You know, offensive linemen get hammered no matter what happens. You know, it's <laughs> hey, you, you played great, but it was never that great. You know, the guy makes a great cut right here, he bails you out. Whatever it is, that, that is that's what you sign up for. That's what you know. If you play offensive line, you will rarely, if ever, get praise. And if so, you know it's one compliment and you know in ten, what were you thinking? Um, so that's just the nature of the beast. I do agree. Um, you know, there were moments where they definitely need to play better. Uh, part of this is uh, there's a couple of things and and folks that watch the game and pay close attention realize that you can only block one guy at a time. I mean, that's, that's almost always the case. You you can just block that one guy. It's just, it's just like a DB in man coverage. You know, you you can only cover that one guy. Um, It's hard to cover two guys. And if so, then somebody ran the wrong route. So if they've got one more than you can block, that can be really tough. That's that's problematic. And there was enough instances there where it didn't, you know, the run game, oh, where was the run game? Well, a couple of times the, the young backs, these inexperienced backs, they, they missed the cut. Sometimes they missed the hole. Sometimes there wasn't a hole. The hole wasn't there because why? There's a dude that we just can't block. I can't block two of them. I'm just going to block this one if I can. So it's, um, it's not always as bad as it looks. No doubt, guard to guard, Georgia needs to play better. Uh, they, they weren't well-assigned at times. You know, the, the, they bust on the, on the red zone, the, the ill-fated red zone run call. Um, we just flat out don't block the defensive end at left tackle. Just totally block the wrong play, clearly, and it's a tackle for loss. I mean, those things you have to clean up. It's also – unsurprising when you've got, you know, first time starter at left tackle and a first time starter quarterback and uh first time starter out there at uh, a couple of them anyway. Um, you know, at skill positions. It's just this is this is kind of part of it. Plenty of room for improvement and was still a a going away go deep into your depth chart type of victory.
1: Matt Stinchcomb joining us here in the locker room as he does every week here on the Fan 680 Ninety Three Seven FM. Stinch, when you look at Mike Bobo, the offensive coordinator, do you think last week and uh, probably this week he'll be, you know, somewhat vanilla not showing the entire playbook this early in the season?
2: Yeah, I, I think if he's able to, you know, and, and it wasn't. You know, Joe, you watch it, and it's like, uh, you know, they weren't exotic. You know, did they do some pre-snap motion? Sure. And, and were, they, were, were there any uh, – was there anything where you're sitting there going, man, they're, they're clearly right here formationally, they're trying to get this defense off balance. No, no, you, you, you didn't see any of that stuff. Did they try to push the ball downfield? Yeah, they did. I mean, there was, there was several instances, a couple of misses, right? Uh, and a couple of times where the shot was there, just decided not to take it, check it down. Um, you know, keeping in mind that this is the first time versus live bullets in a long time for these guys. You know, Ed Left tackle, Green, he hadn't played football in a long time. Kid was injured last year. You know, Carson Beck, he's been in a lot of practices. He's been in some late-game scenarios. But to go out there first and to face live bullets, it's different. It's different when you know these guys can hit you. Now, the protection was was borderline outstanding on Saturday, so he had a clean pocket. It was pretty pristine for him. But, you know, there were some opportunities for big plays, and they, they just weren't made. Either it was a drop, it was a missed throw, it was a decision to to throw it underneath or check it down. Um, but you know, were they pushing the envelope? No, you know, far from it. And, and frankly, do you want to in these games? You don't, and you don't want to have to in these games. So, um, I think that there's a chance that it's a straightforward game plan. I think that makes sense. There's no doubt that that will be, you know, that's on page three or four, if you need to get to them. (laughs) And, you know, frankly, from a Georgia perspective, you hope that it's not necessary. Stinch, about a minute left, the biggest game on, on the board, especially in the SEC, maybe in the country, Alabama hosting the Texas Longhorns, which was a
1: bit of a, a really good game last year. Um, how do you see it going this year, and what do you think the key to the game is for both teams?
2: Man, wait, I thought when you said biggest game of the week, I thought you were going to go Colorado-Nebraska. Well, you know what? A lot of people would probably say that. Yeah, they would. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that Isn't nuts? That, I, I'm I actually nuts. That is fascinating that you say that because that's been a conversation for all, all week long, especially after what they did last week. Yeah, it's amazing. You, you think two programs that you know? Let's be real. Nebraska was a power right in the nineties, and but they haven't been relevant for years. And Colorado, my gosh, hmm. the last time was what ninety? Yeah, you'd be like, oh yeah. I mean, it's that's now what thirty-three years ago. We don't need to dwell on it, but it's <laughs> it's just uh, yeah. So this game. You know, versus Texas, I'll be fascinated to see Sark. Sark was in his bag last year at home. I mean, he really was on offense. You talk about so you know Georgia was vanilla in, in week one and could be. Last year, Texas was anything but. I mean, you talk about kitchen sinking a defense really formationally. I mean, just everything. You're sitting there, you're going, wow. No, I'm not talking about like you know, let's let's split Quinn Ewers out and let's have the tailback take a snap from under center. Not that. But, you know, formation and all the stuff that that drives the – that are rule breakers for the Alabama defense. But but they could do that because Sark knows what it is that drives them nuts. He was inside mm-hmm. of the program for however long. And it was obvious that they were very much off balance, in, especially in the first half. And yours, you know, until he got hurt, he was carving. Mm. I think part of that is you don't know any better. I mean, you just young guy getting out there first rattle out of the trap. It's just, Hey man, I'm just shooting my gun. And it's a different opposite proposition this year. You know, you're, you're away, you know, at Bryant Denny will be rocking and rolling. They don't get up for many games anymore, you know, outside of, you know, maybe the iron bowl and a couple others, maybe the LSU game, you know, what winds your clock. If you're an Alabama fan, well, you know, an opponent like Texas Mm comes calling and you barely beat a year ago. So they will be, they will be up for this one. And, you know I, this secondary for Alabama, Georgia's secondary. You're talking about you know two maybe the best in the in the country. that might be in the same conference. Bama's is, is right there, and they've got a guy, a known guy in Dallas Turner that will collapse the pocket that you're going to have a hard time winning consistently with. And they can cut loose if they want. I do believe that uh, from a pressure standpoint, and and trust that their back end will hold up. Now Texas is different. They got Ad Mitchell. Uh, they don't have B. John Robinson, and, right. and that's one of the things on the road where, you know, you, you want to be able to run the football. I, I don't know that they're going to be able to run the football versus this Bama front. I mean, they might have some success, but I think going into the game, that's going to be really tough. And playing on the road, you want to be able to lean on that. And I don't think that Texas has that crutch this year. It would have been better if it was in, inverted, I guess is what I'm saying. If you had B. John Robinson this year going into Tuscaloosa, or if you played in Tuscaloosa last year with that roster, I actually like that better than the improved weaponry at receiver perhaps because when you're playing on the road, you've got to be able to turn the ball, turn around, hand the ball off, and pick up yards to stay ahead of the sticks. I, I don't know that they'll have that luxury this year.
1: Good stuff, Stinch. Everybody's ready for week two, and we look forward to seeing what the results yield in Athens and beyond. We look forward to talking to you next week, brother.
2: All right, guys, all eyes on that Nebraska-Colorado game now. You
0: know it. Coach Prime in prime time <laughs> once again. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team, build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstlibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.